It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Let's bring in Mary Kay, and Mary Kay today is brought to us by FanDuel America's number one sportsbook as the weather gets colder. The NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel, and right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, and Mary Kay Cabot now joins us fresh off the press. Amari Cooper is the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, and she has an article on Cleveland.com you should go read after you listen to this interview. What's up, Mary Kay? Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing well. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And that, not much of a competition there, Mary Kay, for Offensive Player of the Year, I'd say. When Amari Cooper no. is player of the week. a Player of the Week. Yeah, player of the week and good for Amari. What That was so much fun to watch, uh, you know, to be there in person, to talk to him after that and see how excited he was. You know, sometimes he doesn't show a whole lot of emotion in interviews, but he just couldn't help but smile and, and you know, just be very jovial and crack some jokes after that. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. This passing game, we've been talking about it. I mean, it, who could have expected this? Uh, Jason just said it. He hasn't played well in 10 years. And Flacco's playing fantastic football right now. He's been amazing, but they haven't been able to run the ball. How, can is this just such a wacky season that maybe it can continue, or are you worried that eventually the clock is going to strike midnight here, and Joe Flacco is going to revert to what he'd been for the last bunch of years? Well, you know, we'll have to see. It all depends on the matchups. It depends on who they draw in the playoffs. Now, when I look ahead to him having to face the Baltimore Ravens and you see what Jadavian Clowney is doing and Roquan Smith and uh, Justin, who, whose name I don't want to try to pronounce right at this moment, <laughs> um, Matabuike or something. Matabuike. <laughs> there okay. we go. Uh, you know, I think that could be a very difficult out because they are down to their fourth and fifth tackles, and that could be really tough, especially if it's on the road. But <laughs> For now, you know, I think Joe has just been tremendous. Now, as, as I say that, they have to face a very good Jets defense on Thursday night. And it's going to be a lot tougher to go out there and accomplish what he has accomplished over the last few weeks against a defense like this. These guys are really good. They're good in the back end. Uh, they're good up front. Uh, they've got the number two pass defense in the NFL. So, you know, we'll have to see how this goes. I, I think that's the thing that, that could cross them up as they move forward is being down to their fourth and fifth tackles. Mary Kay, when you look at this game, obviously there's a lot of um, history, you used to say. Last year, obviously, the two-minute drop, the two-minute situation that happened, uh, Joe Flacco going back to play the Jets after they didn't call him back, Elijah Moore going back to play his former team. How much of that do you think plays a part or into this game? Oh, it does. It definitely does. Guys always have a little extra for their former team. Elijah even admitted that yesterday. And then Joe, I mean, there's no way Joe is going to admit that to us in an interview. But I will tell you what, I mean, he was sitting there on his mother's couch 
watching football with the kids running around in South Jersey and the New York Jets, when Aaron Rodgers went down on the fourth play of the game, never bothered to call him. And that has to hurt. That has to stick in his craw because he had been with that team for three years. He knew the system. He knew the scheme. And all they had to do was pick up the phone and call. And if they had done that, then who knows? The Jets could be the team in the playoffs right now or having one of the playoff seeds right now, and the Browns could be on the outside looking in. So it worked to the Browns' advantage, and I think he might be able to dig deep and find a little extra something for those Jets on Thursday night. Mary Kay, I want to go big picture for a minute. When you look at the success that Joe has had this year running Kevin's system, and particularly in the play action, what do you think Deshaun thinks when he looks at this? And is there is this any sort of motivation for Deshaun to more or less do it Kevin's way and get under center a little bit more. He's obviously been strictly a shotgun quarterback for most of his career, but seeing the success of this offense running it this way, do you think that that is any indication to Deshaun that, Hey, I need to give this a chance because this, this has now evidence that it can work. Well, I think that Kevin can call anything for any kind of a quarterback. And I think that Deshaun can run anything uh, that anybody would ever ask him to do. So I think you really want to play to the strengths of your QB. And that's what they're doing right now. They're playing to Joe Flacco's strengths. And I don't think it necessarily matches up uh, so much better with Kevin than Deshaun did. I think a lot of people uh, seem to want to make that point. But I don't think it's that. It was a small sample size that Kevin had with Deshaun Watson in terms of, running the kind of offense that was going to be best suited to him. And the year was just messed up by his shoulder injuries, both of them. So, um, so I don't think that, you know, there was any kind of a disconnect between how Kevin might want to call the game for Deshaun Watson and what Deshaun Watson can do. Uh, in terms of Joe Flacco, Joe not only is running uh, this offense that, that Kevin does have a lot of experience with, but it's the Gary Kubiak version of it, and he ran that in Baltimore. So they're speaking the same language. There's so much carryover in terms of terminology and scheme and concepts and things like that. So it's looking good, and um, you know, and I think it will continue to look good. But I do think that Deshaun has shown some flashes of being pretty darn amazing in a Kevin Stefanski called offense as well. And we saw it in the second half of that Baltimore game where he went out there and he beat Baltimore. And if he hadn't done that, uh, you know, who knows, they might not be in the playoffs right now. So he had a five and one record that of course includes uh, the Colts game that PJ Walker came in and won, but uh, you know, he was, he, you know, he was off to a pretty decent start and um, you know, and I do think that, the future still looks bright for Deshaun and Kevin together. Uh, Mary Kay, I, I love you, but I disagree with you on that a little bit. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not convinced on him. I don't think he show, showed enough. I'm not writing him off, but I don't know. I mean, I know he played, you know, he played really great in that second half against the Raiders, but uh, not against the Raiders, Ravens. But against the Ravens. <clears throat> but you know, he was terrible in the first half. I, I, I don't fully trust him yet, and I'm not convinced. You know, and and I do, and I think that that the team, that Kevin Stefanski, as much as I love him, and I think he's the coach of the year, I think he prefers calling games this way, and that Watson is not as comfortable under center. 
You know what? I, I just once again, this is something that we will probably just dis, you know, agree to yeah, disagree fair. on. Yeah. I mean, Kevin has worked with so many different kinds of quarterbacks, and he has really educated himself to be able to call the kind of game that Deshaun Watson is going to excel in. And Deshaun hasn't had an opportunity uh, to really spend very much time with this offense yet. Once That's again, true. I mean. All you have to do is, you know, you have to just look at the record. The record is pretty good this year by him. There's no way they would be where they're at without the contribution that he made, including in the second half of that Ravens game, which I thought was a signature moment for him. I thought it was a, it was a signature half for him. And, you know, some of the other stuff in the very beginning, you're still trying to figure out, okay, what are we doing with Elijah Moore? And what are we doing with, you know, some of these other guys? What are we, what are we doing anymore with Donovan Peoples-Jones? So it was a work yeah. in progress and they lost Nick Chubb very early on and they were still in the regrouping stages, right? I mean, they hadn't yeah. figured that all out yet. They were still kind of going through their preseason. Uh, but I think Deshaun showed what he's all about in the second half of that Ravens game to go into Baltimore and to be able to beat that football team that is now 12 and three. I think that's, you know, that should, you know, tell people what he's all about and what he's going to be able to do. So I know everybody kind of wants to write him off right now and just, you know, say, forget about him and, yeah. you know, let's roll with Joe Flacco. But that's just not really realistic for, a, no. you know, a number of reasons, including the money. I mean, you know, you sure. just can't throw away $46 million a year over the next three years. Completely, completely agree with you there. I wanted to get your thoughts on the running game. You mentioned Nick Chubb getting hurt. Uh, today's his birthday. We all wish him a happy birthday. Can't, we can't imagine, we're going to talk about this later, how good this team would be if they just had all the injuries, if they just had Nick Chubb right now. My God. When you look at the struggles of the running game, especially the last month where it's gotten really bad, is it more on the, the players they have at running back, or is it the, is it the offensive line, or is it really 50-50? What, what do you think? You know, it's probably a combination of all of the above. And, you know, that could really hurt them as they move forward. And, you know, they're going to run into some really, really excellent run defenses. They already have. Um, and I think they're just going to have to continue to try to uh, to push the envelope on this and see what they can't continue to do by committee and with a shorter passing game. You know, use the screen games and uh, use some of these other things. You know, try some reverses and some jet sweeps and other things to try to simulate a running game. I mean, they're doing the best that they can, but when you have a compromised and challenged offensive line like this, it's difficult. Um, and, you know, it is, it's interesting too, because I think they really believed that Jerome Ford uh, was going to, you know, light it up this year. And he hasn't really for one reason or another over the last several games. So uh, I think those guys are all going to have to step it up. The blockers are going to have to step it up. They also lost, you know, their ability to run that, you know, that big personnel game that they were trying to do because of more injuries on the offensive line. So if they get back to doing some of that, I think they can kind of crank it up a little bit. Mary, how long have you been covering the Cleveland Browns? Oh, my gosh. I don't talk about them anymore. <laughs> no, I was asking her hold she No, 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 because the reason being is because obviously it's a big game. I was going to ask about the atmosphere. I was going to ask, do you think that this is going to be the great, the best atmosphere for the Cleveland Browns, or do you think the <laughs> – never mind. Do you think this is going to no, be you a know great what? atmosphere? I am – totally teasing you and kidding you about that. Uh, I'm, I'm, 
proud of the fact that I've been able to hang in there all of these years and cover this football team uh, through all of the ups and downs and mostly losing. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it's been somewhere around in the, I was around for the late 80s championship game. So I know how exciting it is for fans uh, to enjoy this, uh, this kind of winning. And I think it's going to be a tremendous party on the lakefront on Thursday night if they clinch. And I think they will. And, you know, fans deserve it. They're going to go eight and one at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Ooh. I mean, how much fun is that for fans? So, you know, it's been great. And it does remind me, again, of, of those AFC championship years and the Bernie Kosar years. And fans really deserve this. Mary Kay, can I ask you a procedural question? So you get two practice squad elevations per week. If, they, if Bajorquez can't go, that would then be both the punter and the kicker right? Do they have a 53 man move that they have to make this week or can they get away? I'm just wondering if someone's going to lose their roster spot because of all the injuries that they've had. Yes. But if PJ replaces DTR on the active roster, then if you elevate the punter and the kicker, those are your two practice squad elevations. Am I missing anything or is there, are they going to have to make a roster move this week? Well, you know what? I haven't done all the math yet, um, but you know, they are putting DTR on, injured reserve and um you know so there might be another move or you know or two that they can make like that so th they'll be able to to make those elevations and uh if they have to make another roster move then you know there could be somebody that might get ir'd or something along those lines are they gonna have to bring in another quarterback for the practice squad and who and who i mean who left it who is out there at this point in the season that's worth putting on practice squad well, yeah, they're they're going to have to do that. I mean, I again, I haven't checked, but I mean, maybe Kellen Mond is still out there. Uh, so yeah, they're going to have to do that. They need to bring somebody else in. They you know they can't take this chance right now. And I I did talk to DTR in the locker room yesterday. He was really down about the hip injury that has him out for at least the next four games. So yeah, they they're going to need to bring someone else in. Mary Kay, uh, what does your gut tell you about Dustin Hopkins being available for the playoffs? Oh, I think he'll be available for the playoffs. Okay. It's his plant leg. It's his plant leg. So wow. I think that, uh, you know, with all the, the great modalities and all the treatment that they have, I think he'll be able to get back for the playoffs, at least some of them. Cool. Thank you. Good stuff, Mary Kay. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Great Thanks, to Mary see Kay. Mary Kay. And, uh, yeah, she's been covering the team a long time. Next time you ask her how old she is, the queen, I wasn't the gonna, queen of I wasn't going to yeah. ask her age. I was going to ask her, did it was the atmosphere going to be yeah, better than yeah. 2002? Yeah, but I didn't want to go there. Trust me, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't care. Let me. I, I, I'm gonna. We have a little extra time here, right? So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a grenade. <laughs> I'm right now going to throw a grenade. You have a five minute grenade. Here we go. All right, and this is coming from me. This is insane that I'm oh, asking. Oh God. This I'm oh, so scared to hear. But I'm I'm scared to hear what he goes right say, <laughs> Jason and Tyvis. Don't get me in trouble. But I really want—I—I I, I want to know your answer right now. Forget the money. No, I'm not getting rid of Deshaun. Forget the offs. Not forget getting the rid of Deshaun. No, it's, it's worse than that. This question. Oh, really? It's worse than just that. You're gonna get forget the money. Forget the off-field. Forget history. Forget all of it. Yeah. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield on the Browns? 
What's, Boom. what's funny is you, I texted Earl and Ant yesterday, and I said I thought of the most diabolical question. Is that it? Playoff. It was along those lines. Yeah. But we'll save that for. All right. What's your answer? There. Right now. Let's. I would for next year. Who so, would you rather have, well, Deshaun? It's impossible to set all that stuff aside. Deshaun, you realize that. But if you're comparing talent to talent, Deshaun, it's Deshaun. It's Deshaun, for sure. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you want to put 230 million on the yeah, table, that makes, 64 exactly, million, yeah. and the injuries and everything else, yeah, that's, that's a be, different conversation. Yeah. For I, what Baker's making compared to what Deshaun's making. But, I mean, I, listen, you and I were the conductors running Baker yeah. out of town. I ain't, I ain't turning that train around now. I'm on Team Deshaun. And here's why I ask. I'm sticking with Deshaun, but, damn, it's a lot closer than I thought it should be. <laughs> I thought I thought it was going to be Deshaun and Baker. Yeah. And I, it's Deshaun and Baker. Well, the thing for me is I never hated Baker. I never thought he was like a bum. Like I never hated him. You're Switzerland. You don't hate anything. That's, that's very – well, I, 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 you're right about that. I found him very – I never thought he was a bum. What as a player. Do, why didn't you he like He rubs it? me the wrong way. Why? He just does. There's a bunch of little things that rub me the wrong way. I actually, I, I like, he has some stuff to him. I liked it. But uh, I didn't think he was good enough. I well, apparently I, a lot of. I didn't think he was a bum, but a lot. I didn't think he was good enough. So let now, me ask you. That's interesting, though. And I still don't think he's See, that's what I was about to say. Do you think he's good but, enough now? What's it? Okay, let me, I'll answer that by saying things seem to have changed this year. Where you don't have, you maybe don't have to have a great quarterback to win anymore. I, now I'm not sure it's changed. I know Jay is convinced of it. I'm, I'm not convinced this, yet. I'm, not I'm convinced. interested to see because I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll win the Baker's playing well. By the way, according to PFF, and again, whatever you, take South, it for whatever you want, me. Joe Flacco has a better PFF grade on the season than Baker. They no, it, but his but Baker's traditional stats what is his are very strong. What is his numbers this year, Baker? If you let me look he's at played very well, especially the last couple of weeks. He's playing in a trash. twenty six touchdowns, eight interceptions. But he's I like playing that. in a trash he's division. He's playing in a trash division, and I and I don't trust him in a big spot. If if I'm down, if my team is down five points with a minute and a half left, I don't trust Baker, and I can choose between Baker or Deshaun. It's not even close. <laughs> I'm taking Deshaun every I time. Agree, I agree, but I'm not convinced. What Deshaun did this year? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are like, he was back. He was back. I'm not sure. Well, I, I don't know, know why you feel like. I'm that. not sure. Is it because of the? Is it because of the Ravens' first half? It's because but, he never consistently played well, Tyvis. Never. Where did, where's to, consistency? Wait, his last. Look, What's his last three, four games? They was pretty good. No, he was terrible in the first half against Baltimore. He was terrific in the second half against right. Baltimore with a broken shoulder. Yeah. And and the fact that what like, did it what did he play the game before that? Arizona. Oh, I mean, oh come on. Yeah, yeah. You, you're talking, about, <laughs> talking about asterisks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that the last <laughs> vision we have of Deshaun yeah. is fourteen of fourteen against maybe the best team in the league on the road. Yeah, that's the last quarterback that has beaten Baltimore is Deshaun Watson. That's a pretty good taste to leave in people's mouths. Yeah. But I agree with you. You can't be you can't only look at that. Has he done enough to say that he's back and the contract is worth it and all that? No, I don't think you could say that. But right. I think he's shown enough glimpses this maybe. year to make you I think liked, that it's still in there. I liked where the where he was going. Yes. I liked it. Yes. I thought he was trending in the right uh, direction. Yeah. But he hadn't got what's happened is, in my opinion, he was trending in the right direction. And some people have now turned that into he was back. Right. He wasn't back. Yeah, he was trending. A 14 for 14 against the, one of the that's best defenses. That's one half of football, Divus. That's all you need. That's one and, half of football. No, 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 no. It's not, that doesn't just, mean you're it's back. It's not just one half. It was 
the closing game, the closing half right. of a game, right. which a lot of people don't have. And here's the it's thing. like only five, six quarterbacks I that can do that. In the end, that's why I'd stick with him over Baker. But okay. It shouldn't even be as close as it is, though. It ain't that I close. It ain't close to I got to put this on the record real quick yeah. because I've heard this a couple of times. How yeah. can you guys kill Deshaun for a bad half of football, but you dismiss, you excuse Joe Flacco's that's good? That's a stupid question. Please. But here's that's the a terrible question. No, no, it ain't. Here's Completely the difference. No, it ain't. Question. No, it's not. Two hundred thirty yeah. million versus a, a, a yeah. no. I'm serious. Roll it. No. <laughs> Roll when you have a two hundred thirty million dollar contract, you have a higher expectation than a league minimum guy that sucked for the last ten years. He's getting four, it's about he's the getting four million dollars. He ain't getting four million dollars. Deshaun Watson came in as a superstar. Joe Flacco came in as a washed up bum veteran. So the expectation what, what is you, what, you get, what are you getting there? But ultimately, ultimately, <laughs> yeah. Flacco played really well when they needed him to, and Deshaun in the second half yeah. against Baltimore was dynamite. He was. Go ahead, All right. Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. We're going to get to the Kool-Aid meter in one sec, but as always, even on a Thursday night game, we will have a post-game show. It starts at the two-minute warning on Thursday night. We'll go for an hour, as long as it needs to, to celebrate what we hope will be a Browns victory. If somehow they lose to the Jets, it'll be a therapy session, but Thursday night be damned. We will be live after the game, starting at the two-minute warning. Myself, Earl, and G with your two-minute post-game show. Maybe G, assuming his voice is back in uh, cooperating. Okay. We're going to do the Kool-Aid meter, guys. We're going to do the what-if Kool-Aid meter. And how this is going to work is I will give everybody a question, a what-if question based on the Browns' 2023 season. The baseline is five. Then you have to tell us where the Kool-Aid meter would be, whether higher or lower, if the what-if had either never happened or if it had went a different way. And Bull, you're up first. Bull. Yes. What if Nick Chubb never got hurt this season? Oh. <laughs> mm. Mm, mm, mm. My all-time favorite Cleveland Browns player, by the way, is Nick Chubb. He's my favorite player in the history of Browns football. And let me tell you something. The Browns would be 15-0 and right now. <laughs> 15-0. You. 10! 10! The Kool-Aid meter would be a 10. I'd be like Quincy last year with the great chance of 6-0. I'd be like uh, G. Bush, who thinks the Browns are going to win every week. Earl 5-0. I'd be like Earl 5-0, which is looking pretty good right now. (laughs) I'd be like all of them even more. Even more. The Browns would be 15. No, they wouldn't be 15-0. They'd be 14-1. I'm exaggerating a little bit. 14-1. If this team had Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, who is the best, uh, second best running back in football, only behind McCaffrey. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. I mean, can you imagine, guys, if this team had Nick Chubb? I tell you what, we which game do they lose? They would have lost the Ravens game at home when DTR played that game. Yeah, that's it. They would have won every other game. I actually don't disagree with this statement. This. The Browns would be the number one seed. They would be the number one seed in the AFC. Who was our loss? Nick Chubb. Pitts- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, where he got hurt. Pittsburgh, where he got hurt. Baltimore. But they should have never lost anyway. Seattle. Seattle. They probably win Seattle with Chubb. Yeah, because they, they, they run the ball third. And, third. and then Denver. Denver and the Rams. I don't know Rams. if they win both of those. Yeah. They, All right. Let's say they lose one of those and two, they lose so, the Ravens. So 13 and two. Three. They could be 13 and two now, legitimately, months. with Nick Chubb. They're, 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 and they would have won the last. They'd fin- they would have they won 14 games this year. 15 I think I, Who the hell knows? I'd give you three losses. I, I, three? I, I could get behind. 14 and three for the season? 
No, 12 and 3 right now. I right, but they win the last two. I they have jumped and picked on to lose either of these games? No. No chance. Yeah, so 14, even Jason agrees they could be 14 and 3 when they come. <laughs> I can get by. Number there. one seed in the AFC and even, you know, we all well, think they can win the Super Bowl. They'd have an even better chance. Well, the one, chance. the one thing about having Nick Chubb back there is he makes people miss. You know, that was the best thing. Better than anybody. And he breaks yeah. tackles better than anybody. Exactly. Back so even though the run, and the line is not great or with all the injuries, he'd still be effective because he that's how he operates. Yep, yeah. So I think that's the one well, key thing that we I missed. I said it when he got hurt. He turns a one yard loss into a two yard gain. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily appreciate that or notice that in the moment. But second and eight, third and four is a whole lot different than second and 11, third and seven. It changes the playbook it does. completely. It does. And what you can call. Right. And that is the beauty. That is the understated beauty of Nick that they've desperately needed. Because on this team, a one-yard loss is a three-yard loss. <laughs> yeah. If Nick could get you three, they're losing three. They're yeah. losing two or three. God, yeah. I, I mean, he, and that's the difference. It would I be un- unbelievable. Back, the guy is just an absolute stud. I, pray. I hope he's able to come back and man. be good next year. And uh, it's an absolute 10 because the Browns would be the best team in the AFC right now. I have no doubt about that. I already think they're the second or third best in the AFC. They'd be number one with him, I think. We went to war last summer about the future of Nick Chubb. Yeah. And I think this season, more than anything, has shown... No doubt. ...his value. And and, and we both, I think, diminished it a little bit and thought, you know, it's running backs are plug and play in the NFL and no, it's not going to be as good as Nick Chubb, but you can still get you can still get average output. Yeah. And they've, they've proven this year that they haven't gotten average output. And with the guys that you know, they part have. of that is the offensive line is a lot worse at run blocking than we thought it would be. And that's when you need a guy like Nick Chubb to yeah. overcome yeah. the deficiencies of this line yeah. because he's been the best his entire career, better than McCaffrey, better than Derrick Henry, better than anybody at making the first guy miss. Yeah. And when you have a shaky offensive line for a running game, that's huge. Go ahead. Tyvis, you're up next. And remember, the baseline's at five, and you tell us where they'd be if this what-if never happened. Okay. Or if it did happen. And in this case, it's if it did. Tyvis, what if Kevin Stefanski caved to the fans and let AVP start calling the plays? <laughs> where would the Browns be if that was oh. the case? <laughs> Tyvis is horrified by that thought, right? Because it's, it's, it's something that's funny. I think I – what I give it a three and a half, maybe four, three and a half, something like that? Mm. Three and a half. All right, so this is the thing. I think this season, over the course of this season, has told you that Kevin Stefanski obviously knows what he's doing. You know, all these different injuries, all these different quarterbacks, and he's still finding a way to put points up on the board and win games. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying AVP can't do that. I, I, we don't know, you know, because we, we know it's Kevin Stefanski calling the plays. What I'm saying is it's much more difficult. If you give the same circumstances to anybody else outside of Kevin Stefanski, if you gave it to AVP, I don't know he handles it the same way. The only thing we got to go off of is AVP handled the COVID game uh, yeah, when he had Nick stealing. Mullins and it came down to the end, right? Well, am I right when I say that? Yeah. Nick Mullins? No, he, AVP was the play caller for – but he, he also playoff game against the Steelers. Yeah, for the Browns. But he also did uh, one for Nick Mullins too, right? They, yeah, they played Kevin Oakland. missed another game against. They played against the Raiders. Raiders. Right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah, and so we got those two games to go up. But he in the playoff game, obviously, he had a healthier team with the Raiders. He didn't have his starting quarterback. That's yeah. why I'm going off of that one. And they ended up losing that game. It was a close game. He did have Nick Chubb, but. I just think that it wouldn't be the same. I, 
I, I'm not. I think fans have finally got over that. Kevin Stefanski need to give up play call. Yeah, right. I do the For Browns now, radio, oh, and I ain't heard it in at least. But since, the last time I heard it was the Seattle game. By the way, the Browns, time next time they lose, you'll hear it. Next <laughs> time they lose, you'll hear it again. If they lose in the first round of the playoffs. They're not going to say that. All the, the people that have been quiet on Stefanski will kill him if they lose in the first round. See? <laughs> the only playoff game you won was with Alex Van Pelt in the, in the COVID year. They're not going to say that. That's happening. 100% oh, is happening. Oh, you're right. You're right. They're not going to say that. Yes, they are. You know better, Tyler. I'll show you my mention sometime. (laughs) All right, Jason's up. Jason, you're up next, and you have back-to-back ones, Jason. But first, and remember, it starts at a five. What if the Browns never cut Cade York? Mm. This is hard. This was a hard one because I I said it's a three. A three out of ten on the disaster meter. But here's the thing. I don't think Cade York <laughs> survives the season anyway. It's not like like everyone would have been fired if you keep this kicker who keeps missing kicks. You know what I mean? Like, I, really, I, I think that missed extra point in the preseason game against Kansas City is really kind of what sealed his fate here. Yeah. Or else maybe he starts the year here, and, the, and as soon as he starts <laughs> missing some kicks, they probably cut him then. But if you want to play out, for the sake of argument, if Cade York was still the kicker today, I mean, the Browns probably have three or four less wins than they do. Right? Like, yeah, no doubt. San, they don't beat San Francisco with Cade York. They probably don't beat Indy with Cade York. Like, mm. Hopkins has made so many big kicks that yep. – and, and listen, I was, I was big on – like, I liked it drafting a Cade York. I stuck with him as long as possible. Mm. But by the end of the preseason, it became evident, like, they, they couldn't keep him. No. So, I don't think – even had they, even had they been so stubborn to say, we believe in him, we're going to start the season with him – as soon as he missed a kick or two in the regular season, I think they would have moved on. But it might have cost him a game or it two by cost the time him. it happened. Yes, it could have cost him an early game. Yeah. One of those games that they won early on. All right, Mike. Jason, you ready for your next one? I'm ready. This is similar to Bull's first one, but what if Deshaun Watson never got hurt? That means no Flacco, but you have Deshaun. So where would the Browns be on the Kool-Aid meter if Deshaun Watson, QB1, Never gets hurt. This goes back to the grenade that Bull threw on us uh, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm, about to throw I'm calling it an eight. An eight out All of right. ten on the Kool-Aid meter. Yeah. Because I do think, again, I'm not ready to throw my hands up and say all is solved. Everything is fixed. Everything is fine. But his record as a starter is, is impressive. Deshaun's record as a starter here, they, they won games with him. It wasn't always pretty, but he more or less got the job done. The, the second half against Baltimore – you got to put a lot of stock in that. Again, 14 of 14 on the road against the best team in the NFL right now was really impressive. And to do it with a broken shoulder was really good. Right there, you see his last three games, 70% more or less completion percentage, five touchdowns, one interception, 3-0 record. That's pretty doggone good. You're going to take that. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. Did he show you enough to make you think that it's still in there? Yeah, he did. He showed me that. So, you know, with Deshaun, they, they beat Seattle. He's not throwing it off a player's helmet in Seattle. I think they win that game. You know, what happens in Denver and in, in LA? I, I don't know, but I think that they have a better record today with Deshaun. Had Deshaun been the quarterback all year, I think they have a better record than they do right now. I, I, think, I don't disagree. I, I, I think that the, the problem was that, you know, the, it took maybe more, a couple more games than people anticipated. Everybody yes. thought that, you know, after the six games last year, they come into this season and they just be clicking on all cylinders, and that just wasn't the case. And, you know, I think Mary Kay brought up a good point where she was like, you know, they, we was all fooled. You know, you think about this offseason and training camp, you, gotta, you got this whole package with Elijah Moore, and then we get into the season and it doesn't work. 
So now you got to scram like, all right, we got to scrap that whole wow. thing. And that's a, I'm I, just saying, that's I a mean, part so, of the offense. So why has it worked so quickly for Flacco then? What do you mean? He, I mean, he hadn't been with the team at all. He's here for two weeks and he's, it, the it, offense is moving better than it ever has. I don't necessarily think that's the truth. I think that he does a great job of going through his progressions and hitting the guys. Because he yeah. is, like I said, it's Kevin Sting. He's, like I said, I watched, I listened to him say, he said, Kevin Stefanski draws up the plays and I just execute the play. Yeah. So they're winning their, their matchups. And then on top of that, Amari Cooper's having these big games. With Deshaun Watson, he still had good games. The only person that did, only person, good. the only people that's coming alive more is. You, get, you see a Cedric Tillman come in there. Tillman's more opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But wait a second, Tyvis. Since Flacco's taken over, Mark Cooper has the most receiving yards in the league. Boy, and it goes back to my yeah. point. Yeah. Since, so, since Joe Flacco's taken over, they've been playing the 29th, the 27th, and the 25th defense. When Deshaun Watson played one yeah. of the worst pass defenses against the Tennessee Titans, he almost threw for 300 yards. What are you talking about? Okay, but that's one game. That's the only game he played a terrible passing defense, too. Uh, is the Bengals passing defense good? <laughs> I'd have to go look. I don't know this off, off the top Bengals of my head. Not very good. They played I the Cardinals what... passing defense, which was porous, and he had a pretty good game in his first game back. What's that? The Cardinals defense was pretty porous. Yeah. And he had a pretty good game. That was his first game but since God, Nobody's going to argue that this offense isn't playing better now than it was with Watson. No. I would argue that they was more balanced with Watson. Well, they were running it better. But for, how, for how is reasons. that Flacco's fault? It's not. It's not, but I'm just yeah. saying. Like they're you, also turning the ball said, over more now than Deshaun. Hey, that's true, yeah. Well, that's not true. Deshaun, Deshaun's, uh, Flacco has 10 touchdowns, 8 turnovers. Yeah. So Watson, was... 8 touchdowns, 6 turnovers. I mean, it's basically the same. It's close. It's close. Deshaun got 8 touchdowns, 6 so you, turnovers? Yeah. Do you, Rushing and, and, you and feel, passing. Do you feel more comfortable with Joe Flacco running the offense, or would you rather have Deshaun Watson right now? I mean... <laughs> I guess in the end, I'd still. It's it's, it's no I'd debate. Still, I mean, I'm about about to say, it's I don't no know why you sit there thinking about this. Because he, the guy is playing extremely well, is he not? He he. I'm who, being prisoner of the moment. I agree you. He Flacco. He's playing well. Yeah, he's playing I, well. I mean, listen. I, I just think it's magic beans, and I, I don't know how much. I think Deshaun. It's more sustainable than than Flacco. I, but where Deshaun hasn't played at a sustainably high level All in three I mean, years. Flacco hasn't played at a sustainably high level in ten years. <laughs> but he's coming here. My questions. All of my questions will get answered yeah. tomorrow night. I'm telling you right now. If okay. He goes out there and throw 300 yards tomorrow night. I will come in here on next Tuesday and yeah. stamp that man. But until then, I can't. I mean, it's hard for me to do it. It's hard. I, 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 I see. I don't want to be Switzerland, but I hear what you're both saying. I think there's merit to both of it. But if I have to pick right now between a healthy Deshaun Watson or Joe Flacco, that's not, I'm taking Deshaun well, Watson. Not, 10 that's times not debatable. Of 10. But, but Flacco has played better this year than Watson. Why do you keep saying that? He has. <laughs> what What has Watson done better? They've played about the same amount at this point. One was to get some some decent defenses, though. If I, that's the I case, tell you, I don't think if I, that's the case, then why does Flacco have a better PFF grade? Because you're the I don't. Because you're the only person that pay attention to them. That's <laughs> why. Certainly yeah. not. Otherwise, it wouldn't be as popular. Nobody as cares about no. We okay. They are dead Flacco's to me. Flacco's got more you, touchdowns. You, you can never come Flacco's to me. Flacco's got more touchdowns and more passing yards. Deshaun has. Deshaun. Who has he did it against? Well, I. T- 
If he, like I when said, you say bull, who he did it against, I give you the PFF grade, bull, and you dismiss that? Bull, if he comes out yeah. here this game and throws for 300 yards against the Jets, yeah. you can tell me on Tuesday that you, what you just said, and I will be Obviously, behind. I'd rather have Watson going forward. No, but I'm saying, you, he's, you're talking about statistically-wise in three yes. games. Three games of Deshaun, three games versus Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's is better. That's what you said. Statistically. It's four games. Whatever. You're no, saying Flacco's five. Uh, Watson's five games and Flacco four. Whatever. Yes. But you're saying statistically it's Joe Flacco's is better. better yes. And I'm telling you, if I had went up against that terrible passing defense, I think I'd throw for almost the same amount of yards. The same. I, I think Deshaun would have did the same thing. So where are, are the Steelers a really good pass defense? <laughs> oh my I mean, God. I, I, besides the Ravens, who is this great pass defense they've gone against? Uh, maybe it's the Steelers. The I don't Steelers know. is decent. Um, I know the middle of the pass. They're not the bottom guys. of the barrel. It's 32 teams, 29, 27, 25. Yeah, but Flacco threw for over, has thrown for 1,300 yards. He also throwing it for 40 times a game, too. That's that's a negative in a way. At no, least it's not. Watson had a running game. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It benefits Watson to have a running game. It would, no, because you're, what, Joe Flacco has to throw for 300 yards because that's the only thing they hey, can do. Time is Flacco's averaging more yards per completion, so this idea, that he's just got more yards because he's got way more yards per completion. He, I wonder, he leads he the NFL it. in yards, air yards per attempt and completion right now. I mean, so. there's no. Uh, they're I, running a completely different offense. That's what too. I'm saying. Like, they, they was running the ball. And he had Nick Chubb for one and a half of his five games. But you would rather have Deshaun than <laughs> Don't Flacco. do that. Don't do that. Going forward, yes. Yeah. And okay. in the end, in the end, yes, if, if I knew he was good, if I knew he was healthy, I'd still rather have him. And Deshaun but brings a completely different element to the offense. The Flacco's played better this year. That's all I'm saying. I don't, know that I, I don't know that I agree with that. But well, Deshaun also brings another <laughs> I, element. I, I got Being say, able to move out of the pocket. I'm going to find able, out tomorrow. Being, being as mobile as he is, being able to run it, although yeah. that's what got him injured. I acknowledge that. Yeah. But he just brings a different dynamic to the offense. There's no debate for me. Who would you rather have, Deshaun Watson or Joe Flacco? I'd take Deshaun every day. If every could, day. If you could have Deshaun Watson or Nick Chubb back right now, who would you take? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Okay. <laughs> We're at least all in agreement there. We got two more here. Yeah. Tyvis, you're yeah. up next. Oh, yeah. I remember this question. Go ahead. What you know what's funny, excuse me real quick, about yes. this whole thing, is that I have always hate not as a person, but as a player, I have always hated Joe Flacco until this year. <laughs> hated him. Hated him. Never thought he was that good. Always thought he was was just a, a you know happened to be on the right team. I've never defended the guy once in my life until now, which is really amazing. He's but never go got an MVP vote. He's no. never gotten. He never played in a Pro Bowl. No, nope. I said it Neither on the, the Monday show. Uh, played not Watson never got an MVP vote either. Wait a minute, Joe Flacco never been in the Pro Bowl. Never been. He was no, invited one time and he passed in 2014. Yeah. Thomas, I said it on Monday's show. This is the best three-game stretch he's ever had in his regular season career. Regular season So, Kevin Stefanski is the quarterback whisperer. Roll it. All right, uh, Ty, you're up next. The Browns had a third-round draft pick this year, and they took one Cedric Tillman. But what if the Browns had drafted Puka Nakua instead with that pick? (laughs) Okay, I gave this an eight. The only reason I didn't give it a 10 is because there's some because of the way that this question was worded. Okay, so Mm -hmm. let me let me tell you why it's an eight, not a 10. If it was Puka Nakua that we see today, it'd be a 10. But the problem is the Browns have not done a really great job of developing wide receivers. Obviously, we've seen them draft three in the third round and they have not amounted to anything. So with that being said, I have to take into consideration that we have to develop Puka Nakua. See, that Puka Nakua is the. Rams version of Puka Nakua. They've done a great job of developing him and making him what he is. With the Cleveland Browns, we don't have a great track record. So 
I'm going to say he wouldn't be the exact Puka Nakua that he is today, but I do like him better than where everybody else that would be on his talent compared to everybody else's on the Cleveland Browns roster outside of Amari Cooper. So that's why I give it a. What do y'all think of that? Uh, I think you make good points. I really don't disagree with anything you said. I don't know that Puka Nakua would be as good here. That's fair. Uh, but maybe he would be, and it's just the Browns have done a bad job with drafting players at wide receiver and not necessarily developing. Is it a develop? You know, because Kevin Stefanski has shown his ability to develop players. Maybe those guys just aren't good. And I think Cedric Tillman. I think Cedric Tillman is slowly showing improvement. I don't disagree with that. As compared to David Bell and obviously Schwartz. But I'm saying he's not Puka, though. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) But he was, he was, I'm sure. Okay, so when the draft comes out, everybody gets a draft grade of what round you're projected. So it's not just one person that thinks that Puka was a fifth round pick. Right. Like the Rams ain't the only team that thought that he was a fifth round pick. People thought he was probably worse than that. Right. So amazing. He's been a superstar as a So from a from a talent standpoint and from watching film, people graded Cedric Tillman as a third round pick yeah. or somewhere in that area. So from a from a talent standpoint and watching him, you would think that he would be better. Right? Coming right, in. Right, but it doesn't always work that way. True. But but I'm I mean, saying Yeah. I'm saying my, my point of saying that is talent, they have a bad track they, record. No, they yeah. I think that Cedric Tillman has more talent. Than Puka because everybody thought that he did from what they saw. Well, they we don't thought know it was anybody else would have taken Cedric Tillman that high. Maybe only the Browns thought he had that talent. That, that, that's true too. <laughs> you know, the Browns liked him over the other Tennessee guy. I know that over yeah. Hyatt. Yeah, who ain't doing yeah. a thing. Nope. He who went before Tillman. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. pick before. Yeah. All right. Well, you're last up here. The final what if Kool Aid meter today. Now this was made for G. Bush. G. Bush is not here, so I appreciate yeah. you stepping up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> G. Bush was hooting and hollering for DeAndre Hopkins all offseason. So was I. You were too, but G. Bush was driving that bandwagon. <laughs> so with the baseline five, where would the Browns be today if they had signed DeAndre Hopkins as a free agent this past summer? You know, I went, I went with an eight uh, and because they would be a lot better. I probably should have gone nine. I didn't want to go all the way to ten because that's what I get. Because to me, Nick Chubb's a ten. I, I thought about it. I gave it an eight. But I probably would even, thinking about it today, go to a nine. If they had another really good receiver in Hopkins, even though he's past the age where you still think guys are good, he's put up on a terrible team. He's put up great numbers. I mean, he's going to go over 1,000 yards. He would have been a perfect second receiver with Amari Cooper. I think that's what he is at this point in his career. Uh, so it would have been, it would have been, I mean, if you had... If you had DeAndre Hopkins right now as your number two guy instead of, I mean, who is their number two guy? I mean, I know it's Njoku, but who, who who do you consider the Browns' number two receiver right now? Elijah Moore or Cedric Tillman? David Njoku. No, I said David Njoku. No, but I, yeah, no, I'm I know, saying. I know, but, like, I know. I guess it's Elijah Moore. I, I actually, I trust Tillman more than Elijah Moore. I know it sounds ridiculous. Elijah actually drops the ball a yeah. lot. I and didn't he has know. No, you know how we talk about Amari Cooper having great body control? And yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, Elijah Moore's the opposite. I, he has no it, body it sense sound, at all. I mean, I hadn't really thought of it until you just said that. It's, yeah. It kind of sounds nonsensical, but I trust yeah. Tillman more than Elijah Moore. I, I don't disagree. And But can you imagine if you had Hopkins instead? But it's, it's such a butterfly effect. I mean, yeah, you'd love to snap your fingers and say, okay, 
DeAndre, are you willing to take a $4 million contract to come play with Deshaun again? Yeah. But that wasn't the case. He was going to chase every dollar. I hear you. And they weren't in a position. But but in the, for this question, I'm right. ignoring right. that. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. Yeah, but yeah. I just. In reality, yeah, it's money. But it's money that I think would have been well spent. It would have been well spent. Maybe wouldn't have traded for a lot. You know, maybe you, if you'd made that move before trading for Elijah Moore. Yeah. It's and, not as big a difference financially. And But it's it's the what's it going to impact you going forward what's it going to cost you next year with the cap and everything else we've talked at length about they're trying to save every dollar they can to roll over to next year and then the year after and then the year after to manage these contracts but yeah i mean you'd love to have deandre hopkins on this roster sure absolutely amari on one side and hop on the other oh flacco will be throwing for 500 yards a game (laughs) how's that for your kool-aid meter i want flacco to throw for 400 Wait a minute. DeAndre Hopkins got Quiet almost the a, haters. DeAndre Hopkins got almost a thousand yards. How I many? just said that, Titus. Where you been? I didn't pay attention to that part. I didn't know that. But hang on. Yeah. I don't think anybody's hating on Flacco. I know. I'm kidding. No, but I'm but kidding. but we're gonna hear about it. I, yeah. I just think we're trying I think Titus and I are trying to just be realistic about where this is. That's it. And understand that like, hey, this is not normal. I don't know how sustainable this is, so yeah. you better enjoy the hell out of it but for I, however long. I agree it lasts. with you guys on that. Where I think we're in a disagreement is how well he's played against Watson this this year only. No, well, people think that I think that Joe Flacco is just getting lucky, and I, I mean that's not the case. I think yeah. he, I think he's talented. And I think some of the things he's doing is great. The fact that he's going through his progressions and being able to find where to go, and the fact that he is distributing the football, I think all of that is great. I just think that. It's the teams that he's going against aren't a really good passing defense. I mean, if he can do those same things against a team like the Jets, who got a great defense, then I think that we get weird. I'm wacko for Flacco like everybody else. And I do think that he's a perfect match with what Kevin wants. To yes. Win. I yes. think it's a perfect match. And I do think that Deshaun needs to look at this since, listen, you don't have to go under center 90% of the time. But, and, and he, like, I, I talked about this. I talked to him after that Baltimore game, and he said, like, you know, Kevin wants me under center a little bit more, and it's an adjustment for me. I never said that he was against it. I'm just saying this is an adjustment for him. Yeah. And I hope that this is proof that, like, hey, there's some merit to this. When you look at the numbers, when you look at their yards per play coming off play action as opposed to straight dropback, when you realize and you understand, which he does, play action is more effective from under the center than out of the shotgun. When you put all these things together, you could still do it to Sean's way. You could still be out of the shotgun more than half of the time. But there's merit to going under center. There's merit to running play action. There's merit to doing the things that Kevin is saying. And what Joe is doing is proof of that. Well, fair? That's very fair. Well, my – this um, – Joe – not Joe Flacco. Y'all got me – stop saying that man's Watson. name. Kevin Stefanski. Kevin he studied under Gary Kubiak. Yep. Correct. Minnesota. And Gary Kubiak was with Baltimore, right? Or they was he? I mean, at one court? point he was. He was yeah. offensive coordinator. So technically, Joe Flacco has ran what Kevin Stefanski yes. likes. So that's why it works, dude. That's why to him it's not that you know he can come up and pick it up. And I do, I do think that Kevin's flexible, and I think he can design an offense for to fit any. Well, system. I mean, it's evident he's done but it. Every coach has tenants that they believe in that are that are effective, and this is one of them for Kevin. It's play action. He's not going to come out and say it. I think we talked about this on the show. Just connect the pieces. Yeah. This is one of the staples he, he believes no in. No doubt. Is play action he loves as it. an effective form of offense. And it is. And it's working. Mike. We got a bunch of Super Chats today, so let's get to them. And Super Chats, as always, are brought to us by PCC Airfoil. So if you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, 
PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. First super chat of the day comes from Zeke Dog, who says, I attended my first NFL game 59 years ago today at the age of five with my father, the last Browns championship game. Let this season be our repeat. Bill Rodewalt says, Bull, before the Super Bowl era, there were 12 teams with the best players in the world. Talent was more concentrated then. All <laughs> talent with fewer teams in the playoffs now. Better players, fewer teams, tougher to win. No, Williams. I disagree with that. That's not true. They were smoking cigarettes. None of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> at halftime. <laughs> Again, I, I, don't, I, I, I brought it up yesterday because I didn't want anybody to feel like I... I I don't mean to diminish Otto Graham. What he did at his time was great. He was a fantastic player of his era. You just can't compare that era. And now it's different. It's different. Plus, most of us were not alive to see it. So, you, you know, how much... Like, I don't get it. When I think about the 1908 Cubs winning the World Series, it doesn't give me any pleasure. I, I was not alive. Uh, next one, William Slater, in reference to the fantasy question, said, Bull, you should take the money. Also, Tyvis, that shirt's fire. Where can I get it? Is that homage? Yes, yes. Homage. Um, homage. What's with the homage? Homage, yeah. Uh, I thought it was pronounced different, even though it's spelled like homage, but I guess not. Homage. Uh, okay. It's I an homage shirt, yeah. William. Check it out. It is fire type. It's a good one. Or Did maybe, they give that to you? Or maybe the yeah, homage. A, yeah, they gave it because I, I, you know, Denzel got a charity. Homage. You know? You've been, Shout out to y'all. Homage has been slighting me for. Yeah, what's up with that? Years. Giving all this stuff to. Can't get a thing out Don't Joe, do that because I ain't got. Edmonds getting hooked up. I only got like two things from New Member. Well, we were on the cab. Barton used to get stuff. McManaman used to get stuff. Mm. Nothing for J-Lo. Man. Nothing uh, for J-Lo. Did you ask? Haynes was getting stuff. You got to ask. Marla Ridnour was getting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> all right. Next up comes from Joe Rizzo. He says, any chance for a Nick Chubb playoff return? He's no. Back no. Wish. No. John. Jelinek says Jerome Ford needs a seeing eye dog. <laughs> Damian Frederick says Too many it's a revenge field. game for week two last year and week 16 of 2020 with a chance to clinch. Lost to the Jets when the wide receivers were out due to COVID. Oh, yeah. They need to finish strong. He did lose that game. Uh, ACAP Rocky 25 says, I wish the best for Baker, but I don't believe our locker room is flourishing the way it is right now. Had we kept six? I think that's probably He was true. divisive in there. It, it was no divisive. Doubt. There's no doubt. Charles T says, we have seen Stefanski scheme guys wide open. Flacco's play this year shows that with a veteran quarterback, Stefanski's offense is good. And can Deshaun – is good, period. Can Deshaun resist the urge to play hero ball and hit the open guys? we got to see that happen. Corey McLaughlin says, bull stop. Baker is in a trash NFC division, not the <laughs> AFC North. <laughs> It, the NFC South is very is trash. It is trash, yeah, 100%. Uh, next up, Charles T says, what other backup quarterbacks fit Stefanski's offense of hit the schemed open guys and take a few shots per game, don't turn over the football? Few shots. Takes a lot more than a few shots. He is now. I'm about to say he is now. DTR is the long-term backup on this team, guys. Like, Yeah, sure. Oh, we all know that. Oh. No, I don't think everyone knows that. Well, don't who, don't, who don't know that? They drafted uh, him. He's J under and G are going to lose their minds. If they don't bring as much as I've defended Flacco today, <laughs> it's lightning in a bottle. It's going to end at what, some point. What do you, okay. I'm hoping it doesn't end until after this year, but it's going to end at Wait some minute, point. Let me ask you I'm this. fine with him not coming back next year. Wait, how far do they go with Joe Flacco? 
I think they could go to the Super Bowl. It's so, so if they win the Super Bowl, he can't come back. <laughs> he cannot come back. If he wins the Super Bowl, he won't want to come back. He'll retire. Yeah, he should retire. He'll retire. He should retire. We're going to table that till the end of the year. Go yeah, ahead. we can't have a grenade with the final <laughs> three minutes here. Not another uh, grenade during the Super Chats. <laughs> Colin Keith says, Bull, you're out of pocket. Chubb is better than McCaffrey. No, he's not. I, Dude, ah, nobody McCaffrey loves does more. Now I say McCaffrey. Nobody loves Nick Chubb. I'm telling you, he is my favorite Browns player of all time and one of my all-time favorite players. Love him. Couldn't love him more. He is the perfect player. Every single thing I've heard about this guy as a human being is phenomenal. I love him. Couldn't love him more. But McCaffrey he's is more versatile than he does. If more. you're talking about just running the ball, they're they're neck and neck. Course, Maybe yeah. even a pinch ahead to Chubb. But as a pass catcher, it's not close. Right. Steve wanted us to know that in 2014, Flacco threw for 3,986 yards and a career high of 27 touchdowns under Kubiak. There you go. So, bam, there's your answer. Uh, two more. <laughs> this one comes from Jordan Tarman. Would you rather have Bill Belichick as the head coach next year or Kevin Stefanski? Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> not even close. I'm not going down and that And he said, what road. about Bill as the head coach? You demote Kevin, an offensive coordinator. and no, no. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's ridiculous. Nope. Kevin yeah, would yeah. gladly take a demotion. Kevin Stefanski over Bill <laughs> Belichick because it would just – I think that the players now have a bunch of energy and they love what they do yeah. with Bill Belichick. Belichick's old news. It'll he was be great. He's done. That's a, I'm not sure and he's needs, done, but And I he needs Tom Brady. And, and he wants to be the GM, and he sucks as, as a GM at this point. Last one comes from That's Mincy true. Farts. I think if Flacco, <laughs> Cooper, and Joku or Garrett gets hurt, that's the end of the season. Or do you guys think we can still win the Super Bowl if any of those four, Flacco, Cooper, and Joku or Garrett? If Njoku goes down, they love Austin Hoop. Not Austin. All Hooper. four of those guys uh, would Harrison Brown. Harrison Brown. Those would be yeah, the man. And, and <laughs> Denzel they love Ward. Austin Hooper too, though. I'd put Denzel Ward in that group too. He hasn't played. Oh, he ain't been playing like that in the past couple of weeks. Still, I think he's pretty important. But those four guys, and I think the kicker is one of those this guys. Se- this well, they just lost the kicker. Yeah. This season defies logic. Everything we thought was true is not yeah. true. It doesn't apply. We well, talked right about now, the, you can't right, win if you turn the ball over. The Browns yeah. turn the ball over and win. You can't win without a running game. Well, the Browns. The last team to win Joe the Super Fla- Bowl after leading the league in turnovers was the Broncos. Yeah. With Peyton, Peyton Manning, Manning last year, the only. The only injury that I would say they can't go to the Super Bowl with right now is Flacco. That's it. Only because I'm not going down this road with you. Because no your boy Philip can't it's play. It's 59. Finish I'm up. Not, no, it's, you're wrong. Finish we got up. An explosive overtime coming, by the way. But I'm going to be. We're going to be fighting with a, a friend of Mike who's a <laughs> Jets fan, who he claims is the the Jets version of me. You're going to put him in circles. I cannot. Yeah, wait. this this guy doesn't belong wait. on the same stage. Uh, he won't be, gonna be, be awesome. on the computer. If you're not a member, this is a member. Become a member today. Member we'll see ya. You got a minute and a half. That's Become it. a member. The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Peace. <laughs>
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.